Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Club Podcast, the podcast for the busy gamer. As always, I am Michael, and I am joined by Matt. Hello. And Adrian. Good evening. And on today's episode, episode eight, we will be talking about the Nintendo game, ARMS. But before we get into that, we're going to do kind of... Our news segment keeps on changing, and this week, it's basically just a Crash Bandicoot segment. I figure this segment is just basically, what do we want to talk about that's relevant to games at right now? Because sometimes we cover games that are uh, retro and old. Um, sometimes we game, cover games that are new. So, this is always a good chance to talk about what's happening lately. And for me, that's Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy, and oh boy, is it insane. <laughs> it's very insane. Uh, I am up to, I think, the second last level in the first game because That's pretty cool I, 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 just, I, just can't play, I just can't play the second game before I finish the first game. Like, I just can't do that, except the first game is so hard. And I never play. I realized, okay, I'd been picking apart Crash Bandicoot and I've publicly said, you know, I played this game when I barely I couldn't even read when I played this for the first time and I realized I didn't play much Crash Bandicoot 1 but I played a lot of Crash Bandicoot 2 and 3 I realized because after the first island I was like I do not recognize any of these levels like they're all similar in theme and it gets really hard Crash Bandicoot 1 does oh yes very difficult very frustrating this is a game a first game in a while that's made me frustrated. Not even like Dark Souls 3 or like any of Bloodborne or any, you know, not- notoriously difficult games have made me as frustrated as just just the first. I've only played through the first um, Crash Bandicoot game so far because like Matt, can't play the second or third until I finish the first. And I, I hammered it out and I did it. And I'm so, it felt so good when I beat certain trouble levels. I've just finished Slippery Climb, um, which is the one after the High Road, which everyone's been talking about online in the High Road because apparently they've changed the physics a bit. And in the original Crash Bandicoot, you could go from zero to 100 in a split second. Uh, But this takes a little bit more time. So you can't just be still bouncing on a turtle and then try to jump the larger gaps. You have to be already moving. Yeah. Which is why I climbed the rope. <laughs> yeah, I would see. I I was so tempted, but I was like, no, I want to beat this level. I know I can. And yeah, those those uh, turtles jumping on them. There's just like that one segment run in that second bridge level where there's just like the turtles are just not spaced right, or you've ju- you've got to get the jumping perfect for it to work and I had the problem of I died so many times in a row like literally like a dozen of um, the evil mask face coming up to me so that's like (coughs) 50 lives or something so the game was not only giving me one um, good mask as protection but two so (laughs) but then I was running to the problem of when I landed in front of a turtle before I jump on it to make it flip over I would run into it and kill it and then I can't go progress because it's and it's just used up my um, mask, oh. and I'm like, oh, no. I have to keep killing myself on purpose because I keep running into the turtle with the mask, uh, and it would take the hit. I like how they never understood that it wasn't the enemies or the hazards generally that 
Like, it wasn't taking damage. It was, like, the reason you die. You die from falling. So, and um, Aku Aku is pointless. Yeah. It's like, no, no thanks for that. Yeah. It kind of makes me think, in retrospect, like, if, well, obviously they wouldn't do this, but if they made a new game, if they made, like, what they would call Crash Bandicoot 4, it's like, if you have double Aku Aku, that, and if you would say fall to your death it would take both of them away but it would put you back where you were before you fell to your death yeah that'd be nice like a little lakitu like aku like aku aku moves you back on yeah pulls you out and then takes the hit yeah also speaking actually, speaking of aku aku like this is such a product of its time but like and me saying this is a product of the time we live in currently, but Crash Bandicoot is, like, really racist. <laughs> is How it? so? <laughs> well, it's got all these Native American. I presume they're Native Americans. Maybe I'm the racist one. But it's, like, is this cultural appropriation a little bit? But the whole thing is set, like, in a Australian-slash-Polynesian environment. So the natives yes. are Polynesian people. Like it's, they seem to be either like a Hawaiian or f- like Fijian or Tahiti sort of thing going on with like totems and. So I'm not sure it's appropriation because they've just set it there. Okay, no, that's 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 a fair enough answer. The only thing that doesn't make sense to me is why there's a castle there because castles yeah, traditionally. I think that's the other thing. Like, it's it's very it's very silly, and I don't think it's I don't think it tries to be insulting. Am, am I going into this too much? Kind of like how I went into the law of killing floor two too much. <laughs> yeah, no, probably. Just they probably would handle it differently now. It's probably not exactly how you should do things, but I don't think it's I don't think it's horrible. You know, I don't think it's um behind the times kind of thing. It's not taking any bad um, stereotypes and amplifying. It's just like kind of um, sh- like amplifying or using the setting of a real life, you know, Polynesian kind of thing. Like it's not like, I don't know, they're roasting people and eating hearts or something. Like That's true, it's, yeah. It's just like the architecture and the, the look. And, and then, occasionally you jump on their shields. Yeah. <laughs> like that's. Not racist, is it? Is that something that happened? Jump on shields? I don't know. I want to bring this up because you mentioned the possibility of a Crash 4. And apparently Activision has said um, they'd be happy to look into that resurrecting Crash properly if the Insane Trilogy is successful and it's not just fans living off nostalgia. Yeah. So let me tell you this. The best, the top 10, the top 10 best selling games of the week revealed for Australia and New Zealand. So Australia alone, Crash Bandicoot was the number one selling game across all platforms. Yeah. In one week, in a week of its release, it, it is the game. I feel like it's, this is probably one of the most successful reboots. Like of any, or like, sorry, remakes, not reboots, um, of any game. Like, 
like when like the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess remasters came out, they were like, oh, cool. Uh, but no one really played it. Whereas like Crash come out and I, like everyone was keen and it came out and everyone had it. Like I was yeah. going on my PlayStation and like friends that I didn't even think were interested were playing it. And I was like, oh, they've got it. Cool. That's definitely true, Pete. Friends of ours uh, that I've never seen online have been online for crash. Exactly. <laughs> if you were if you were a PlayStation kid in the late nineties, then Crash was was huge. I'm not sure how it was in other countries, but I feel like for a long time I thought Crash Bandicoot was Australian because of just how many people in Australia played Crash and loved Crash. It was just that big a game. Well, apparently, yeah, in the UK, it's like outsold, like Horizon Zero Dawn. So it must be just as popular in the UK. So then, surely this isn't just nostalgia. Crash Bandicoot is a global phenomenon. I think it's legitimately a great game. Like I haven't, I haven't played any Crash game. I haven't played any of the originals. I played like some like Twin Sanity or something on the PS2. That's not too bad. They they really start dropping off. Hang on. I I know we don't normally research the game that we're not playing, but see, it was Naughty Dogs, and that was when it was the best. And I'm just yes. going to say right now that um, just straight up, CTR is the best game of creation, I think. <laughs> like, it's not my favorite game. I think it's just p- perfected what it was trying to do. Um, and so I'm just having a look here. Here, and I think it's it's not telling me who made it. Oh gosh, I'm trying to look. It it just doesn't want to give me old Crash Bandicoot. Google is like, oh, you mean the remake? And I'm like, no, no, no. Can I please uh, just see the like? Oh, was so CTR? You mean Crash Team Racing? Yes. Was that not by Naughty Dog? Um, I'm fairly certain it was. Um, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. If it was such a great game. I just, I remember it being just oh, so good. So the, pub, uh, the developers were Naughty Dog and then Eurocom from 2000 to 2001, then Traveller's Tales from 2001 to 4, uh, who went on to make all the Lego games. Okay, so it's Naughty Dog did do CTR, just so that we are all on the same page here. Yeah, it was when, I want to say, Radical Entertainment possibly took over. I think it was, where is it? Uh, it was after Nitro Card. So Twin That's... Sanity was like, okay. Oh, Radical Entertainment created Crash of the Titans. <laughs> and, oh, by and then that... it was definitely too far gone. Yeah, it was just gone. Oh, oh, that's when they redesigned it as well into a quote-unquote punk look and Aku Aku looks like a gorilla and Uka Uka is just like a skull with bones. And they changed the... Well, since Twin Sanity, really, Twin Sanity was the first one that was... Uh, it was more like a 3D yeah. platformer. And, like, kind of open. Ratchet and Clank-ish. And I, I showed you, uh, Michael, I showed you <laughs> Crash Bandicoot on Skylanders. Oh, that's not good. He looks fine, but he's got a Kiwi accent. It was really weird. It's like it didn't sound quite Australian because we're Australian. 
and it was the really um, over-the-top, G'day, mate. Like, cool, blimey. Fair shake of the sauce bottle, mate. But some of it was slipping into sounding like a Kiwi. <laughs> so did Naughty Dog make this remake? No. No. Is that Vicarious Vision? Vicarious. I knew it was a V. Yeah. Sorry, Vicarious. Who had made him before. Yeah. I, I, I trust them. They did if, Nitro if they Kart back in the day. Okay. Here's what I'm excited for, though. Now. This gives me hope for one of my favorite childhood franchises, Jack and Daxter, because they announced, can please confirm this for me. I'm not sure if it's fake news. That they're doing a Jack and Daxter remake trilogy quadrilogy thing. Well, they've already done the remake, but according to this Mashable post of April 3rd this year, uh, Jack and Daxter is coming back. Yeah, they're re-releasing the first three games and I think one of the most underrated Jack games, Jack X Combat Racing. Is it as good as CTR though? <laughs> uh, I never really played CTR. I never had a PlayStation 1, so I never played Crash Games. All right, you're coming over to my house because I've got CTR. <laughs> I guess it's like Mario Kart 64. It hasn't aged mm. that badly. I don't know. I'll replay it. I remember just watching watching CTR on an episode of Friends and just going, wow, I'm as cool as Joy and Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because they're not cool people. <laughs> like, they're cool for us. <laughs> what are but, you talking about? They're the uh, best. I like Friends. You know what we should talk about? Let's stop talking about this. <laughs> We should talk about arms. Yes. But actually, hey, how about let's just, we're talking about the music now. Let's, like, this is one of the big things that I wanted to talk about. I put an exclamation mark in the notes. Music. The music of this game is the most, like, it is a drill into your mind and it was in my head for days. Are we, and are we in it now or are we going to wait a sec? No, I'm in it now. Okay. You have to... Kick off with this. I'm kicking off with this. Is just uh, like, hello, everybody. Arms, the music you just heard is good. And I liked it. And I liked it to the point where, like, I was... well. I accidentally found jazz fusion and acapella and beatbox and 8-bit and it's just good. It's like everything about it is good and then each character has like their own kind of version. It's just good music. I'm going to be honest and I didn't, I don't remember any of it because I didn't play it on a full TV system uh, often. I think I played it maybe twice on a TV, like once with you guys and then once when I was trying uh, trying it out for the first time, but the rest of the time I was playing on the like tabletop um, switch mode. Yeah, I was not surprised by that because you never listen to music and you don't listen to sounds and games anyway, which is funny because you're an <laughs> audio engineer. I do, I do. Well, I, I mean, I I still remember this, like Splatoon's theme, and I obviously remember lots of classics, but um, I just didn't play that like the fact i was in adelaide obviously so i took it with me there and i couldn't plug it into a tv um so i got to play it on the desktop um when i was in the hotel room and uh it's very convenient well i feel like this discussion is also going to be a little bit about the valid validity of the switch uh and 
this game, it's a very good game for the portability of the Switch. I, I have a cute story about ARMS. This didn't happen while we were uh, playing it for the podcast, but it happened beforehand. I went on a ferry with my dad, and we just played ARMS and Mario Kart, and it's just like... <laughs> Did you really? On a ferry? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I mean, you're not actually going to touch water when you're in a ferry. Yeah. But it's just, yeah. And ARMS is one of those great games that you can just pick it up. You can just give it to someone you'd be like, hey, this button is this hand, this button's that hand, that's jump and oh, that's yeah. dodge. And, you know, anyone with gaming, like anyone with gaming knowledge will pick it up almost immediately. Anyone who, like my dad, do, doesn't game at all, unless it's like the original Doom, it's it's just good. It's a good game. Yeah. In Particularly of- if um, you can give them the motion controls as well, and then it's even more simpler. It, then it's literally your left arm, your right arm, both arms to, like, grab. The tilting would be a little bit odd, but they can at least get the punching. Yeah. yeah. And, and dodge buttons and stuff. Yeah. And it's super quick. Rounds are very quick, and it's very... It's such a good game to look at that I think it could win over a lot of non-gamers as well. I feel like if you had enough controls, obviously you need like two, three, four actual um, Joy-Cons, but the motion controls are very simple and very good, like intuitive. Like they're yes. very quick to pick up. I hadn't played this game uh, after maybe all, all this week and then we played a little bit just before the podcast and I was like took me like maybe 30 seconds to remember how to play. And yeah. there was no... There was no um, disadvantage. Like, you hadn't played to ages. You picked up the motion controls. I wasn't playing with the motion controls. And I don't think, like, I couldn't tell that you were using motion controls to begin with, you versing me. Mm. I couldn't tell you were using a physical, uh, handheld controls. And that's, that's a pretty good feat to pull off, that both control schemes actually seem a pretty level playing field. Yeah. I think the most important thing with the whole motion controls is, you know how they say if you smile, it makes you happier just because the action releases dopamine or some crap like that. I'm not a scientist. But playing with motion controls, I played, I'd never played motion controls until I was at Michael's house and that's how we were playing. And <laughs> That was very funny. <laughs> yeah, and we just got so into it though, so much more into it because oh, yeah. of these like amazing controls. Well, okay. Let's let's get this out first. What was the main method that you two uh, played, Matt? What what was the main method you played? Well, I mostly play my Switch in bed, so uh, handheld mode. Michael, I would say I I started with motion controls, and I was trying to do that as much as co- as possible. Um, I recently switched to handheld mode, but probably I put in the most time single Joy-Con. Like on its side, yeah. Playing with my girlfriend, so we get a Joy-Con each, and so a I guess a stripped down version of a handheld mode. See, I played. I did. I only played with motion controls. I I wanted to try the handheld, but I never got around to it. Um, and I feel like this game like is best played with motion controls. So that I'm finding it interesting that that's not how you guys like played it. I, I I didn't even think about physical controls because all the promo I'd seen for ARMS was with people with the motion controls. And I think initially I I was 100% sold on, oh, this has been made with motion controls in mind. This must be the way to get 
the most control of the arms as you punch, the, the best yeah. way to dodge. But now I'm not so sure. I think, I think really they've done an excellent job and everything is just as viable as each other and they want it to be the motion controls because that adds to the experience. It sells the switchness of it. Yeah, it sells the switch. Shows off that the motion control is way better than it was on the Wii. Like, they, it works. It's not like Wii boxing spazzy. You can, like, curve your arms and twist them just by moving the remotes. Blocking blocking is blocking is easier in um, motion controls, I found. But, yeah, yeah I, I think it's just hats off to them to I think there is, there are, whatever way you want to play, you can be just as good as someone else. I don't think there is a, like, how... Mario Kart, most people would say, oh, yeah, the, the motion control steering wheel works fine, but you should really play on a controller. Yeah. This potentially might not be the case with ARMS. You that can be as good with motion. I think that it really that... depends on the character. Like Springman, for instance, I feel like there's no loss, but as a bit of a ribbon girl main, um, I, I need to be able to like perfectly use my jumps or as Twintel, I need to perfectly use my slowdown time effect. Yeah, that doesn't feel like there's any handicap to playing on either motion or physical controls, which is like, yeah, like you said, quite a feat to pull off. And I can see why um, Nintendo put so much emphasis on that in development. Um, and it kind of like, do you feel like the gameplay lends itself to one or the other to the control schemes yeah like do you think this game would exist if motion controls weren't uh, a thing on the switch and they were just developing this game like uh, this concept this game was definitely i think made with like the development for this game began with motion controls in mind yeah it was definitely inspired definitely inspired and i think they've worked as hard as they can to make it work with a controller rather than the other way around. And so that's why the motion control is good because it wasn't an afterthought. It's not a gimmick. Yeah. It is the game. And then they go, oh, but by the way, you can play with the controller and we've got that down pat because there is little things that I've noticed. Like if you go left, so if you move the, if you're holding the Joy-Cons in motion controls and you tilt left to move your character left, you can then throw out, say, your right arm and make it curve the opposite direction to your direction. I haven't worked out how to do that on a controller because your arms mm. curve the way you are moving. So That's a good you, point. It's, it's tied to that. You don't have that because everything is synced. So like move left, that will also be punch and curve left. So yeah. So it's definitely motion controls was made first. All right. Yeah. Let's get into the important thing. Who is everyone's favorite character? And actually, I'd like to know favorite um, gloves or glove loadout. Jeez, oh, now you're testing me. Um, uh, I'm just going to say my favorites were probably like to win would be Ribbon Girl, but to play Bark and Bite. Really? I didn't see you play Bark and Bite. Why'd you, why'd you like him so much? He was, I found him just a fun character to play and just. You know, you have to think, okay, what's Bark doing? Like, you got to make sure that you're not going to get that friendly fire hit in the butt from your own little dog. Really? Uh, can, that, can that happen? I just yeah. Uh, and also, um, 
It's how I lost a game of volleyball once. <laughs> um, or just V-ball, I think it's called. For bark and bite, I would go one Seeky and one something else, um, the electric one, the default arms. Because the only arms that I unlocked were for both Master Mummy, because the game just gave it to me. It was just like, here you go. Maybe use Master Mummy. And I was like, maybe I won't. Um, And Ruben Girl, because that's what I was unlocking them for. And so Ruben Girl, I had, uh, I think, Phoenix unlocked, which is the Firebird, and then the regular electric glove. Michael, what was your favourites? I think I'm still not 100% on who is my favourite. I played everyone in the Grand Prix. I think I know my least favourite, I think, is Helix. Mm. Um, I don't like his standard glove loadout very much. Min Min would be good, but the dragons are not sold on those dragon gloves. They can get, like, stuck out there. Yeah. And if, you, if you're lucky, the laser will get in the hit if you've missed. But if you're not, it's just sitting out there and you're tied to a floating glove, which isn't great. So I think Springman is a nice all-rounder. He's always safe to go to. And I didn't mind Master Mummy, but I think I picked a Mechanica for the first time the other day. And she might be a nice little balance for a Master Mummy, sort of like a, a big-bodied person, but with a little bit more mobility thanks to a jetpack. All right, yeah. I, I wanted to like one of the more interesting characters, but really I was just down with Spring Man and Ribbon Girl. Like, just all throughout, all round, I'm just, I was like, I feel like I performed the best with just Spring Man with normal gloves and Ribbon Girl with normal gloves. Um, all the other gloves were like fun. And I'd, I liked um, like going through the Grand Prix and like getting to like um, Master Mummy and seeing like the big heavy ones and being like, oh, I want to try that. That looks sick. And like slowly uncovering, like, I thought there was only like a few different gloves. Like one person had their own special glove, but then I saw like Helix Man with the the Guardian, I think it's called, and then yeah, the laser one with Min Min and all this. Like like there are so many gloves. Oh yeah, I think I'm trying to think in my head. There's like thirty, maybe thirty six. That's insane. That's like that's a whole roster of game of characters in a normal fighting game. And there's three that you can't even use uh, in. Max Brass has. Oh, yeah, that's true. We'll get them, though, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. because uh, that's why people are thinking there's going to release three more gloves with Max Brass because it's a six-by-something list. but Or maybe they could just run the aesthetic. I don't know. It's up to them, I guess. I want to touch on um, something Matt mentioned earlier, which is you mentioned the volleyball. I love the fact that there's more modes than just fighting. I didn't know that. I thought it would just be... 1v1s, 1v1v1s, 2v2s, et cetera, et cetera. But there's like volleyball, the basketball, where you got to dunk each other, um, versing headlock, et cetera. Like there's actually like this game has like party almost like modes. Well, one mode is called party. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, yeah, party when it's like casual play, that's just like the mix of all these modes and they're all pretty good. Um, the only... I'm just thinking the only one I don't like is skill shot where you just have to hit targets. And I'm like, eh. But that's how you get arms. So the game I throws guess it that is good training like, for that then. Yeah, to teach you what that get that mode will be. But yeah, when you're playing against, say, a friend, you don't really want to play skill shot with each other. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't actually do much multiplayer uh, except for when I was playing with you guys because my Switch just was allergic to online uh, multiplayer with this with my uh, Wi-Fi here. I actually used my phone and used 4G to play online and I didn't want to use up all my data, so I only played a little bit. And it was yeah. fun, but I just... That was... seems to be a limitation of the Switch. I'm not sure yeah, if I'm... it is. I'm trying to figure out if it is or if it isn't. I've heard through other sources that the Wi-Fi antenna of the switch is not particularly it's quite weak you can be quite close to a router and if there's interference it will say that oh we're only like two bars it's like but i can see the router why aren't we at three apparently don't put your switch behind a tv always have it in front of your tv yeah well, oh, that well just makes okay. logical sense my router is like on the other side of the wall behind the tv but it's still like, no, don't put it behind the TV. That's where the TV's interference is. But I think it also is a bit of like the servers or something for ARMS because we were just playing in a, in a, in a lobby and Matt was dropping out of games. Only when you were playing. Me and Mike okay. were playing fine. Then <laughs> you messed me up, man. Could be a NAT type problem. I was um, DDoSing you. <laughs> yeah, you were just sending me too many requests. Um, did anyone play Ranked? No. Absolutely not. No, but I kind of okay. want to, even though I'm not that great. I do want to. I think I've got the talent. I just don't have the Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, I've heard from talking to different people about ranked in general, because I've always been afraid to play ranked thinking you need to be good. In any game are you talking about? Yeah, just in any game. But apparently yeah. that's kind of the wrong way of thinking about it. Well, ranked is just supposed it. to guarantee you someone of similar skill. Yeah, that's the way it is meant to be. What in actuality it depends on where you are in the world. I, I can make comparisons to Smite, but I feel like Arms. Oh, I don't know. I was wrong about the fact people might not be buying it heaps, but may, maybe I feel like the ranked scene and that wouldn't be huge. So you might just get stuck with whatever's out there. That's true. What have yeah. the sales been like? For? Well, in order to be, in order for there to be winners, there's got to be losers. You know, that's just how ranked is. Well, yeah. But you want to be good. You want to want to win. Yeah, that's true. If there was okay, so a long time ago, the local gaming club slash bar place respawn in Perth had a Super Smash Bros tournament. If they had an arms <laughs> tournament, hell yeah, I'm dragging you down, Adrian, and we're gonna play. We're not gonna win, but <laughs> we're gonna play. Yeah, I'd play. I'd I'd get some practice in and give it a crack. But I'm sure there's someone in Perth who is like already a a, a god. <laughs> There's always someone better. Of course. I think the only problem is is that the bots, the AI, from level four to seven, they actually read your inputs. And so that's not actually a good way to train for real people because real people aren't going to go like, they're not going to know that you've punched, so they're not going to block immediately. Yeah. And just the tactics that they use aren't very human-like, if you know what I mean. Here's the thing that I was reading about. They're still not sure, like, so they're ranked, right? They've got that. But then there's, like, competitive, which is, like, the external people organizing competitions and stuff. Okay. And because in ranked, you can choose any, as, as long when you unlock it, you can use any person with any glove, like, yep. once you unlock that glove on them. And in, like, competitive, so I guess whatever um, competitive league they're putting together 
or will, will be put together. They're still not sure if they like st- if you stick to the basic three or if they let everyone unlock because they're like it's a very tedious process to unlock every glove on every character. So I feel like that'll be an interesting development if they end up going with like you can stick with the root ones or everyone just gets the basic gloves on each character and that's just part of the character's set and play style. No, I, th- I think you should be able to unlock the gloves because that's kind of, you know, it really adds a level of customization that is good in a game like this like, because certain characters might work with gloves that weren't their default and kind of boost them from like an F-tier character. But it's like, oh, well, Master Mummy with a Guardian is actually S-tier because that really suits his play style. That's true. Is there an actual tier list? Um, there's a small one that I read. I've, I've, yeah, there's few, but the thing is, is that they're only the characters and the arms. Um, and I think what they need to do is they need to allow any arms for any characters, and then you can make a definitive like, like if you look at <laughs> this is a weird uh, side by side comparison. If you look at Pokemon Go and they've got like this Pokemon with this moveset is better than this Pokemon with this moveset, but the first Pokemon with this other moveset is worse than a Pidgey. Like just transfer. Don't even worry about it. Just get rid of it. And it's just an interesting kind of dynamic because there is such depth. There's that other layer. Mm. There's just like so many permutations and, and options available when you unlock every glove on every character and then you can still like mix and match gloves on a character that's true like that's like so two yeah two arms per character how many characters are there we got a list of them uh two four six eight ten ten characters is that right that doesn't seem right what if for tournaments and then 30 arms what if for tournaments you would you were told to like Submit like your your character and your arm loadout. Um, but what's the point? Because that in that case, why don't they just say this character with this band, like this moveset, uh, these arms is banned from the start? No, but it's not about banning. It's about going. Um, my character is Master Mummy, but I use him with these three arms. Yeah, and then they go, okay, Adrian, Leoda. He is Master Mummy with these three arms. And then no, no one else can have that loadout. No, someone else can have it, but that's... But so they know, I guess, for your... For when you play, what setup to give the competitor. I don't know if are they allowed to change characters throughout I the course th- of a match. I feel like you are. Like you can in... Um... So I think maybe then because of that, it will... If, if they are allowed... If they're allowing people to change characters throughout a competitive scene, then I think they just have to leave the gloves as is, as their default loadouts. Because they're going, well, you've got you've got what we find is the current balance. You know, you will unbalance the game if you can choose between any character and constantly change your arms loadouts as well. Or maybe you go in with because you can preload like the three arms you choose you pr- you choose the three arms from the 36 to load in before you fight as like a loadout so maybe they'd be like all right before you start your match with person x you choose your three and you lock that in um 
So you have to do your research on the person, what they usually play, what their loadout usually is, try and put in your normal, but then maybe put some counters in. So like if if they use a lot of heavy stuff, then use maybe like the Guardian and put that in your loadout before the game. And then you can only choose from those three games in the five games you play against that one person or whatever. And then when you go to the next bracket, you can then submit a new loadout. That seems like it would be a like a lot of work because it, it, if it was like a LAN. Adrian, your eSports knowledge is showing. Why is that? Like, is that what they just, do? You're just going on and it's like, I mean, I just want to play a game. Sorry. I find, I find the competitive scene interesting, especially for a game like this where there is so many options in choosing your gloves, choosing your character, choosing your... Um, are they going to make people play with um, motion controls or physical controls, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I don't think I'm, Nintendo will actually host much competitive stuff. No. Nin- no Nintendo but- won't, but other people might. Um I did the maths. I did the numbers. Apparently, there's 1,800 possibilities. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's why surely surely they'll just say you roll with default loadouts. Because then that changes it to 30 possibilities. Yeah. Which is still a lot when you think about it. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's even more than that, though. It might be. Um, Okay. I want to talk to you guys. Remember how... Last episode, the Killing Floor 2 episode, I did a lovely quiz. Yes. Beautiful. Mm. Would you like a not lovely quiz? A not lovely one? Well, not really. Yeah, an awful one. It's just awful. (laughs) This is the the official Nintendo how to choose your arms character quiz. (laughs) Oh, okay. Really? Okay. Okay. So the first question is, pick which move you'd want to make in battle. <clears throat> dancing on air while raining down punches, sneaking up to take opponents by surprise, springing into action and stretching uh. the limits, or running over opponents like a big old tank. I want to dance. You're dancing? Yep. Uh, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so obvious. No, it's not. I don't, what, what's obvious? I don't understand. Except for the, the running over them like a tank. Yeah. That could what be Mechanica or Bite and Bark. I don't know what you're talking about, but is that what you're picking? Do I go with the show? I'll go with the spring. You're going with spring. Yeah. Uh, I wonder who that uh, refers to at all. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with sneaking up to take opponents by surprise. Okay. Describe your home turf. <laughs> a, okay. Is it a mess of metal that's built to last? Flashy, fun, and full of cheering fans, an uphill battle with steep stone stairs, or a spooky spot with a hidden trampoline. Okay, let, let's stop this. <laughs> let's stop this now. I think we get the point. All right, just pick one. Just pick one. Just pick one. We'll, we'll uh, st- spooky. We'll spooky. Okay, we'll continue with Adrian's. Sorry, Michael, you've lost your quiz. All right. <clears throat> now, <laughs> if it wasn't compa- the real competitive thing, if it wasn't if it wasn't that obvious before. Choose a battle logo. Ninjara's battle logo, Master Mummy's la- battle <laughs> logo, Ribbon Girl's logo, or Mechanic. Okay, I'm stopping now. Yeah, okay, that's pretty. That's pretty terrible. Okay. Let me let me ask you a question. Yes. Would you rather trust a website called RankedBoost.com, or would you rather trust PrimaGames.com? Uh, ranked Boost sounds better. Adrian, would you like? Ah, to- yeah, Ranked Boost. Ranked like Boost. Nice. Okay. This is the ranked boost tier list for arms. Yep. 
which disagrees with the Prima Games tier list for us. I want to hear both now. If they disagree, I want to see what the differences are. Okay, so we'll start with ranked boost. S tier characters are Min Min, Ribbon Girl, and Ninjara. A tier characters. Actually, we'll compare. We'll go. Okay, we'll go over to Prima. So they have so rank boost three characters in the S tier. Prima Games two characters in the S tier. Ribbon Girl. So they agree on Ribbon Girl. The second one is Twintel. Ah. Yeah, I would, I would I would say that's closer. I believe I believe Prima Game, Games more now. But go on. <laughs> what's what's the next tier? A tier. A tier. Yeah. We have on ranked boost. We have Helix, Twintel, Master Mummy, and Mechanica. That's not right. <laughs> Over at Prima Games, we have Kid Cobra. So they disagree. So Kid yeah. Cobra is A tier for Prima. Master yep. Mummy is. A tier, they agree on Master Mummy. There you go. Min Min, who is S tier for ranked, is only A tier for Prima. Yep. And Springman. Prima thinks Springman is A tier. Okay. What do we got next? B? Next we have B, but only Prima games have a B tier. Okay. Which is Helix, Mechanica, and Ninjara. So that's one of the big ones. Okay, so, so Bark and Bite and Kid Cobra are just out in the dust. Well, Kid Cobra made it into A tier for Prima. Yes, but what Bite about and Bark for a C tier? C in Prima or C in both? In Prima. In <laughs> ranked boost, there is no C. It goes straight to F tier. Yeah. <laughs> it's Springman, Bite and Bark, and Kid Cobra. That's Far brutal, out. man. So the things everybody agree on is that Ribbon Girl is S tier. Yeah. M- Master Mummy's A. And Bite and Bark is F tier. Bark and Bite yeah. isn't that bad. Competitive. I'm not a apparently. huge fan of him. Though I did I did find a nice little combination of his arms the other night that I was like, yeah, this works. Wait, so who put Springman as F? Ranked boost. No, get there out. Because Springman isn't bad. Springman's okay. Yeah, he's yeah, an all rounder. Springman's the default. <laughs> okay. Um, that's, that's interesting, especially um, what's the one where, which one is it? Someone's like top on one, oh, Kid Cobra, A to F. That's a big jump. Yeah. Hang on, let's see. Do they, do they rank the arms? Because Prima Games have ranked the arms themselves as well. Oh, let's not go there. Maybe just show like the top few and the bottom few. Let me just tell you, no. there's only one S tier arm. Okay, what's that? Sparky. Which yeah, is Ruben Girl's default arms. Yeah. Okay. And I want to talk to you about the world of arms. Oh, well, here we go. It's Matt's <laughs> law time. Sit down, it's kiddies. It's Matt's law time. Sit down. Now, this is actually a Tumblr post that I've kind of paraphrased. Okay. And the title of this Tumblr post that I'm sure you can find if you go on the internet is called Things That Are Known and Accepted in the Arms Universe But Never Questioned. And so I've taken this post and I've actually added a bit to it. Okay. So, again, things that are known and just, they're just accepted in the arms universe. They're just, yeah, okay, that's good. So, from the top, there is a phenomenon people one day wake up with that usually results in a mutation of people's arms. And this mutation is simply called arms, in all capital letters, as a pun on weaponry. And instead of quarantine... 
they have a creative and advanced boxing-like international sports competition. One boy wakes up with this arms and decides to join this international sports competition. Ninjas exist publicly. Uh, Wait, hold on, hold on. So you're saying that this sport is just pitting people with disabilities against each other? Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a disability. Well, they're waking up with a disease. It's like... Pitting yeah, sick mutation. people against each other. Okay, okay. So, it's like putting X Men together, like making X Men fight or something. Yes. <laughs> well, that's what they do in the movies. Anyway, an A list actress joins this international sports competition using her hair as arms. That okay. should not be allowed. No, that shouldn't. I say so. Ninjas exist. There are ninja universities and colleges. These ninja universities require a thesis. Hey, I've as- been to a ninja academy. As That's his true. thesis, one ninja decides to join this international sports competition. All right, so there are security bots that have robot dog companions that tend to patrol the beach. I'm okay security with that. dog and his robot dog companion join this international sports competition as a single fighter, and it's allowed. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that's how did that get through? A long dead man wakes up as an undead mummy with the sole purpose of finding his lost and presumably also long dead family. To do this, the undead mummy decides to join this international sports competition. I have one problem with this. <laughs> yes. His eyebrows are made of bandages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It doesn't so, actually happen. Okay. Snakeboarding exists. A snake, yeah, that's a strange one. A snakeboarder decides to join this international sports competition, which isn't snakeboarding. To increase the viewership of his snakeboarding live stream. <laughs> I like that it's a live stream. Very Snake, culturally Yeah, that's relevant. my next point. Snakeboarding live streams exist. <laughs> yeah. So snakeboarding is allowed within this international sports competition as well. It's a very poorly run comp. You're- yeah. speaking, speaking of advertising, though. Sorry to interrupt. But I promise you, I think I know what you're going to say. Am I going to get there? So speaking of advertising, a young girl with noodle arms decides to join this international sports competition purely to promote her parents' Rayman noodle shop. Ramen, even. <clears throat> Rayman noodle shop. Rayman. Rayman, Rayman noodles. Anyway, sorry. A young girl who doesn't have arms, the mutation, she still has regular arms, builds a battle mech-like exosuit for the purpose of joining this international sports competition. The battle mech suit <laughs> is allowed to partake in this international sports competition. Well, Once we let, let two robots yeah, as one, yeah. so why not? Once they were fuck in, it. all bets are off. So this young girl wanted to join this international sports competition to emulate her favourite pop star idol. That's right. One of the competitors in this international sports competition is a pop idol singer. That's, that's that last chapter. That's, this is the final chapter now. Nobody knows where arms originated from or why people get this mutation and any attempts are thwarted by an invisible force. And people just accept this. Except for one international corporation that tries to solve this mystery and accidentally creates a synthetic being. This synthetic being decides to join this international sports competition. <laughs> this synthetic being is allowed to join this international sports competition. Well, the he's same got corporation. Yeah, he got so- he's got arms. The same corporation that created the synthetic being also created a sentient alien robot that can detect and track individuals the ar- that have the arms potential and then hijack their body. This sentient alien robot that can hijack the body is designed as an evil skull and laughs at death and destruction. This evil skull (laughs) sentient alien robot decides to join, is allowed to join, and is the current champion of this international sports competition. It's because he has six arms. 
the law is deep on this one. So deep. And and I want to take Max us. Brass. I wanna, well, Max Brass is he's just a regular fighter. That's kind of normal, I guess. He's not a regular fighter. He's got belts for arms. Everybody has something else for arms. Uh, let's think about that for a second. Spring man, yeah, I'm okay with that. They're spring arms. They come back. Chain <laughs> arms. When was the last time you saw a chain come back once it's been unraveled? Very slowly on a turning piston. Yeah, he, he's thing. got winches in his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Ribbon girl, on the other hand, now you just got to roll that up every time. No, I, if this is what I was telling you guys, These, it's just accepted. It's just, okay. Oh, yeah, they're just like the scientific, like the medical community is like, what is this? Ah, don't worry about it. Well, they're thwarted. Does that mean that we'll eventually get a character who is like an alien or someone who is the original arms that gives these powers? And they're like, I've created a band of fighters. You're now the best fighters. So here's, here's me. I am the champion. And you now... You exist to challenge me. Kind of like nitrous oxide from Crash Team Racing. Sure. Wait, Lawmaster Law Matt, what's the law behind the different gloves? Is that just... They're just different gloves. Inventions. Uh, oh, sponsorships. Sorry, they didn't get gloves disease. I was going to say before, this is a poorly run competition because of all the various contestants coming in and... Uh, they go, hey, uh, where should we host these? Should we perhaps have them, you know, in a in a boxing ring? Should we have them in a um, a sports stadium? No, you can have it wherever you live. Yeah, yeah. your home outside, is now the outside the ramen noodle shop. <laughs> there uh, you go. How about a graveyard? How or, about a junkyard? Yeah, junkyard. Um, out in the middle of the damn street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or how about in a secret laboratory? Okay. It's not a secret anymore. Uh oh. Actually, okay, it's because we're we're actually running out of time. Oh, we are. So can I take this to a different place very quickly? Um, kind of like how we have reviews on the show where we read reviews and we review the review and they're hilarious. But Michael, your girlfriend and I like to listen to a pretty famous podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me. Yes. And I actually, I want to enter a little bit of that territory. And so for the viewers, of the, uh, for the listeners, I suppose, who don't know what My Brother, My Brother and Me or from now on, Mabim Bam, um, they receive questions, sometimes directly to them. Sometimes it's these ridiculous questions you get on Yahoo Answers and they answer them. And I'd like to indulge in a bit of this uh, genre. But because we're pressed for time, I'm just going to ask the questions and we're just going to lament on them. So this question was posted by on Reddit by user OniCun on the 27th of June. Does anyone else really like the noses on the characters? <laughs> <laughs> I am now looking at the noses on the characters. I am waiting for the sequel now, Nose. Okay. Oh, sneezes. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, and I'll just, because only two more, because we are running out of time. So Reddit user New Kingsman sometime in January asked, so with with an ellipsis, are they amputees or robots? <laughs> and then my final question I have is by Axel91 on the 26th of June is how how are you supposed to beat headlock? Just how? Just how? You're not. Yeah, just how do you do it? You don't. Don't <laughs> grab him. That's, That's apparently the biggest tip. 
Unless if you're doing it as a team, use your grab if he's wailing on someone. But if you're not doing it as a team, maybe only grab if there was a heal that's popped up and you want some time. Or I think if everyone was Master Mummy who has the toughest grab, I think, that could work. Maybe. You just go that hard. Yeah. But I think that's all the time we have for today. Yep, that's the time we have for arms. Yep, with the springs and ribbons fighting wildly. Let's move on to a, a more calmer and friendlier game. Just, Matt, what, would you like to tell the people what we're playing for the next fortnight and what they can join us in playing? So we're going to be playing Super Mario Bros. 3 for the next game. Did you say oh. Stupid Mario? Yes, Stupid Mario Bros. 3. <laughs> no, Super. Yeah, I'm keen for this. I've never played this one. Really? Yes. Have you played any? <laughs> Is yes, I've played Super Mario. <laughs> what are you of talking about? Originals? Have you played like like what what of the original like NES and SNES games have you played? I've played the original because I had it on Game Boy as Super Mario Bros. Deluxe. Ah yes. So I've played the original. Uh two looks weird. Yeah, never played three. That's the one where he's flying on the cover. Yes. It's that's the Tanuki. Tanuki. So it's oh, the, the introduction of the Tanuki suit. Yeah. Or is that the raccoon tail? Anyway, either way, this is the one where like uh, we can talk about it in the podcast. But this is the one where it's like it's a stage show and a lot of it's set out like that and there's a lot of theories about like how it's um like a theater production. Well, we all know that Bowser and Mario aren't really enemies. I mean, they play golf and other sports together. That's true. Ah, yeah. On September twenty, on September ten, twenty fifteen, Miyamoto confirmed a fan theory that's stating that the entirety of Super Mario Bros. Three takes place as a stage play. Yeah, and you'll see why when you launch the game. Yeah, and I know the, first the opening few levels. screen. Yeah. So was it the first to have the the top down world select screen? I think so. I think everything else just, just like, progressed. Yeah, you'd have like a little map. There was no choices. Uh, no, they're, they're, like as in you can choose different parts. Yeah, that's in mm. this one. Yeah, there are there are like slight differences. Like you can go around a long way, I think, and get like some extra bonuses and stuff. That's what I remember. I had this game. Uh, on the Super Nintendo, actually, in the Super Mario Bros. Like, I don't know what it's called, but it had the first three games and then like all lost stars. levels. Yes, yeah, all, all stars. stars. I had that on Super Nintendo, so I, I played like all of them. But they're all like upgraded visuals. So I, I'm going to play this on the Mini NES that I have uh, and see what it's actually originally like, which will be new for me. I have this on the Wii U, so I'm going to be playing it on Virtual Console. I probably can buy it on 3DS. Probably. Oh, yeah. And that would well, actually be a good way to play. Well, it looks like that's all we've had time for. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, f- don't forget to like us on Facebook, uh, subscribe on the iTunes, listen to the podcast. That's the important thing. And um, thanks for listening. Peace at last. Everyone last. Springs and ribbons and natural enemies. Like my Bim Bam and the Game Club. Or the Yog Pod and the Game Club. Or Double Dash Jump and the Game Club.